In recognition of Black History Month, we're spotlighting four associates from within our various practice groups through our new podcast series, Celebrating Black Voices at Baker Hostetler. I'm Amy Cotman, and you're listening to Baker Hosts. On today's episode of Celebrating Black Voices at Baker Hostetler, our guests are Sade Quayley and Liza Schneitzer. Sade is an associate in our litigation practice group, and Liza is an associate in our intellectual property practice group. Both are members of the Black Affinity Group. Welcome to the show, Sade and Liza. Hi, yes, thank you. Thank you, Amy. It's a pleasure to be here. Baker Hostetler's theme this year for Black History Month centers around community upliftment. Sade, what does community mean to you, and how has it helped you develop as an attorney? Community means a group of people who come together because of a shared interest, goal, or experience. Community means belonging and lifting each other up. And the communities that you are a part of have and continue to shape who you are. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, to parents from the Caribbean, which meant that a strong sense of community and giving back to the communities that have helped shape me was instilled in me from a young age. The first time I really felt what it meant to be part of a community was when I was around seven or eight years old. I was maybe one week into third grade when 9-11 happened, and I saw at a macro level through the news and at a micro level through the personal impact that tragedy had on my family, what it meant to be part of a community of New Yorkers. Ever since then, I have proudly sought to be active within the communities in which I feel I belong, whether that's the Black community, the legal community, the Fordham Law community, or simply a community of very proud New Yorkers. I want to make sure that I am intentional about the role I have in those communities and meaningfully give back. As an attorney, my communities have helped lift me up and shape how I approach my career. I am first-generation everything in my family, and it's the communities I am part of that have helped me navigate the challenges, the uncertainty, and the rooms I've been welcomed into. And it's those same communities that have helped, that have continued to support me and celebrate my successes. Simply put, I wouldn't be who I am today without community. Thanks, Sade. Liza, what about you? What does community mean to you and how has it helped you develop as an attorney? So my experience is actually very different from Sade's. Um, I grew up in Iowa and I have an African-American mother and my father is white. So I've never really fit into any neatly defined communities. So for me, it's always kind of been what, what you make of them. And i say that I'm a member of many different communities, African-American community, the Baker community, the science and engineering community. You know, it's whenever you've got a shared interest or a shared goal or shared hardships with someone, uh, that's, that can be your community. And for me, it's really going about your life with the mindset of rising tides, raids all ships. And if someone has some something in common with you, seeing them prosper is going to help you prosper. It helps everyone prosper. And that's really been beneficial to me as an attorney because I've had 
just the best mentors who have had something in common with me, either the fact that we're women in the IP world or that we're African-American attorneys or just that we're science and engineers in a legal field, which is kind of a, a niche place to be. I've had people looking out for me and showing me the ropes and taking their own time and talents to make sure that I'm the best attorney I can be. So I try to do the same with younger associates, especially African-American associates, because I know going into this career can be very intimidating. So I do my best to make sure that the, that the younger associates that I interact with can learn from my experience and I can show them the ropes because it's better for them, it's better for me, and it's better for the profession in general. Sade, you clerked for the New York State Supreme Court Appellate Division, First Department, before coming to big law. What was that like and how did it help you transition into working at the firm? I loved clerking, especially at the appellate level. Judge Bolton was an incredible role model, a brilliant judge, and a compassionate leader who cared so deeply about wellness within the profession. Clerking allowed me to hone my writing skills and taught me what makes effective written and oral arguments through the hundreds of briefs and oral arguments I had the privilege of reviewing and observing. And it taught me how to see all sides of an issue, not just what is presented by the plaintiff and the defendant. Transitioning to Baker Hostetler, that experience has been invaluable when helping my teams develop strategies for handling certain issues, when preparing motions for clients or communicating with opposing counsel. I'm not sure I I would have had developed that same confidence in my skill set without clerking. As you gain more experience within commercial litigation, Sade, how do you think this will help you make a difference and give back to your community? Well, Amy, it's important to me that I use the skills that I am developing and honing as a litigator to advance my practice here at the firm, learn how to be the most effective advocate for my clients, and to give back to my community. One way that I give back is by volunteering with causes that are meaningful to me, such as through the Association for a Better New York. There, I serve as a member of their Young Professional Steering Committee and have the opportunity to advocate for programming and other opportunities that would enable that community of over 4,000 professionals to develop their leadership skills, to become knowledgeable about how the government and public and private sectors work together and independently for the benefit of the city and its residents, and to volunteer their time engaging in on-the-ground initiatives that have real-time impact. Another way is through mentoring. I am a big proponent of lifting as you climb, and I recognize that as a Black woman, there aren't a lot of people who look like me in this profession. I have had incredible mentors here at the firm and elsewhere, and I understand the importance of having someone to bounce ideas off of and serve as a guide when navigating unfamiliar spaces or situations. It's important to me that I continue to pass down the knowledge I've gained to students, particularly students of color in high school, college, and law school, and to lawyers who are junior to me. Ultimately, no one can find success alone, and I'm happy to play even the smallest role in someone else's journey if it means helping them have a smoother path to achieving their goals. Liza, 
Prior to law school, you gained significant technical and patent experience working as a patent drafter and an electrical engineering intern and performing particle physics research at the CERN Large Hadron Collider. What led you to pursue law instead of continuing your journey as an engineer and physicist? So it's an interesting story. So in undergrad, I, I got my degree in physics and I did research for the, the Large Hadron Collider, which is a giant particle collider that's in Geneva, Switzerland. It's 27 kilometers. It goes over to France. And it was just the state of, well, kind of still is the state of the art facility in particle physics. So I was part of the team that was looking for what was called the Higgs boson, which some people know as the God particle. And without getting into too much detail, it's pretty much the coolest thing that you can do in physics. And, you know, at the coolest time when we actually found the Higgs boson or the God particle. So doing that work, I realized that I wasn't satisfied. And if I wasn't satisfied doing that, there's no possible way that that was the right career field for me because it it wasn't going to go uphill from there. At the same time, I was getting my physics degree. My hobby was mock trial. I actually did it in middle school and high school and then in college. And the college I went to was a science and engineering school. So I kind of took this scrappy bunch of engineers and chemists and physicists and made a mock trial team out of them using, you know, my years of experience doing mock trial. And then we ended up being really successful, but I never really thought of it as a career opportunity because I was supposed to be a, a scientist. So after I left CERN, I got my first job, the first one that anyone offered to me as a, a patent engineer. And that's when I was introduced to the field of intellectual property. I had no idea that there was a field where I could use science and my hobby, which was, you know, litigating for fun and, and do it as a as a job. So I immediately applied to law school a few months after getting that job. Well, that's great. Now, could you tell us how you've been able to integrate or utilize your technical background in your career as a patent litigator? Sure. So I use it every day. Litigating patents, you know, these are, they cover very complex technology. And in order to really understand what the dispute is over, you have to understand the technology and be able to talk to the experts and talk to the inventors and talk to the people making, you know, the machines or whatever it is that's being accused of infringement. So without having, you know, the base knowledge to to understand the technicalities of, of the patents or, or the inventions, it, it's difficult to do the job. So I rely on my, my basis and my, my science background every day. Are there any initiatives or pipelines that you're involved with to help encourage people in the scientific and engineering communities? So I think it's just so important to, to get young people into math and science. And, and a lot of people, particularly in disadvantaged communities, see math and science as, you know, something they have to do or as a burden when it's, you know, it's kind of a beautiful thing that helps you understand the world better. So I'm involved with an organization in D.C. called For Love of Children, and it takes middle school students who are falling behind in math and in math and science and sets them up with a tutor to try to get them caught up to their grade level. And I found through that, that one-on-one interaction with these kids, you can really change the trajectory and the way that they think about math and science as just being something cool and kind of a superpower almost. Switching gears a little bit, Sade, can you tell us what inspires you? 
my family, my friends, New York City, Serena Williams, even myself. I have been privileged to be raised in a city as resilient as New York and to be surrounded by people who have shown me the value of patience and remaining true to yourself even during challenging times. Adversity is unfortunately a part of life and how you handle moving past it and how you treat yourself and others while facing it says a lot about who you are as a person. And I think that many of the challenges I faced have enabled me to be an attorney who thinks deeply and critically about every issue that I come across and has given me the confidence to know that I can find that case or that solution that will help the client get past their issues. And Liza, what inspires you? I find it really inspiring that I get to work in a field that I think is just is really pure. First, the legal field. You know, litigation is taking two different sides, having them put up their best arguments and let a, a neutral arbiter determine what's right. And I just, I think that's brilliant and a unique thing about the United States, particularly how we do it, that I'm privileged to be a part of. Also, I just think it's awesome being in IP because you know there's a reason that patents are in the constitution. It promotes innovation. So whether you're a plaintiff, you know, in protecting someone's unique invention or you're a defendant, like letting some company practice whatever their new technology is unencumbered, there's no bad guys here. So it's just it's a great field to be in. As a final question, I'd like to ask each of you do you have any advice that you'd like to share with any up-and-coming lawyers? Liza, let's begin with you. Yes, so it's advice that was given to me early in my career, and I wish I had gotten it even earlier. Don't take anyone's advice too seriously. <laughs> you know, if, if you're in the field, if you've gotten out of law school, if you passed the bar, you have done your own thing, and you've gotten this far doing it your own way. So, you know... You can let some advice go in one ear and out the other and, you know, keep your unique voice and you know, whatever got you here, keep doing it. And Sade, do you have any advice for any up and coming attorneys? I wholeheartedly agree with Liza and remaining true to yourself and the unique skills that you bring to the profession. And I have three additional pieces of advice I'd like to add. One, always bet on yourself. There will always be people who count you out and tell you what you can't do, but no one knows what you can do or your limitations better than you. Two, build meaningful relationships. When I was a student, I always felt uncomfortable about networking and thought I wasn't good at it. The way that networking had been explained to me always felt so transactional, and I'm not the kind of person who can go up to a person solely because I want something from them. When I stopped networking and started building relationships by getting to really know people, I saw my network expand with genuine connections that I've been able to gain incredible mentors from and provide support to when necessary and leverage when necessary. And three, take care of your physical and mental health. This profession demands a lot from us, but we've all worked too hard to get to this stage to let not taking care of ourselves rob us of what can be a rewarding and meaningful career. Sade and Liza, thank you so much for this inspirational advice. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me, Amy. If you have any questions for Sade or Liza, their contact information is in the show notes. As always, thanks for listening to Baker Hosts. Comments heard on Baker Hosts are for informational purposes and should not be construed as legal advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. Listeners should not act upon the information provided on Baker Hosts without first consulting with a lawyer directly. The opinions expressed on Baker Hosts are those of participants appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the firm. For more information about our practice and experience, please visit bakerlaw.com.